0: Hello, I'm Taylor Romans. And I'm Matthew Burritt. And this is Hard Beeswax Experiences in Waldorf Education. This week on Hard Beeswax, we look back at the humble beginnings of the podcast and how it started in my kitchen as I wash dishes and then reaching out to Taylor Romans and Andy Smith to craft a podcast exploring different people's experiences with Waldorf education. We look behind the scenes at the making of the podcast and a conversation among the three of us about how this all works.
1: We are individuals who are a part of this global educational movement. And we want to be clear that we are only speaking from our own experiences and from our own impressions. We do not presume to speak for the Waldorf movement as a whole.
2: Now, usually our show starts with some chatter at the beginning. So the interview just kind of starts like this. Hello, hello, hello. You, you I'm got, here.
0: You got all the intros and stuff that we did yesterday I off have the not, card?
2: I've not grabbed them yet.
0: Okay. So this is usually a
2: set yeah, into the show. Yes. Our review uh, process.
1: These is hard today, guys. It's cold in Santa Fe. <laughs>
2: yes, it is. It's so, cold in San And I'll usually and find Santa a part in the show school. where I think is an appropriate beginning. I'm now going to delete that. And you're going to see it go away. And it's going to basically pull the audio behind it into place.
1: Hmm. Hmm. Hey, guys.
0: Hi. Hey. <laughs> Hi, Andy. Welcome. Thanks, guys.
1: Yeah,
2: It's nice to be on this side of the table.
0: The wizard has come out from behind the curtain.
2: Indeed. Te- technology shaman I yeah. think is, the, is the preferential
0: term here.
1: Coming out of his cave where he's got, you know, all those computer crystals that, you know, resonate at a certain frequency. Whispering to the sounds. Indeed, indeed. Yes. The sound whisperer.
0: <laughs> so today we wanted to do something different. We wanted to bring Andy Smith, our sound whisperer, sound technician, sound engineer,
1: and really the first champion of our work here. Mm-hmm. We wanted to bring him on and thank um, him profusely. Thank him to prof- an
0: embarrassing <laughs> level.
1: Okay. Yeah, well. we've, we've prepared a uh, a rock opera in your honor. <laughs> wow, a rock <laughs> opera. <song. laughs> Starting with um, your color-coordinated outfits, which are always exceptional, and your hair, which always defies gravity.
2: Thank you. Yes, I've worked worked hard in my adult life to maintain anti-gravity hair. You know?
0: I just want to put a plug for all the very um, snazzy uh, photo headshots that you have on all of your Thank different you. accounts. Uh,
2: shout out to Sue Pazinski um, uh, from Sue P. Uh, Photography. Uh, she does some great, great work. <laughs> does a lot of headshots. Uh, she's up and coming in the world. It's, it's, uh, it's a lot of fun to do the work with her.
0: Nice. nice. So um, I know I have to admit that we do these recordings, and then I press the off button, and then Andy comes into the studio and takes the disc away, and then magically, a couple days later, these episodes are, are put out. And so there's a huge um, part of the production of this show that seems very magical to me and and. Um kind of a black box kind of
2: um, well hopefully we'll yeah. open during this episode we'll open up a little bit of that so, yeah yeah
0: well i'm just really grateful because when this all started i I definitely had uh, you know uh, I received an idea, but i didn 't know how to manifest it, and it was very easy after talking to Taylor to talk to you andy, and have have this show become a reality so
2: well, yeah. you're welcome, and I'm pleased to be joined with it. So let's spend a few minutes on, like, where do ideas come from? Like, where do you... where did this... Yeah. I know I know where I intersected.
0: Yeah, you know, yeah, well... But maybe if you get me there... I, I mean, I think I've mentioned this before, but it really started unglamorously in my kitchen. One evening I was washing dishes, and my habit is to listen to podcasts as I do the dishes. Um, and, yeah, I thought to myself wow, maybe I could do this. And, um, and I think, yeah, so my, right away, the first thought of, of that was who else do I know who could help me with this? And, and I called, well, I, I texted Taylor. I actually have a a, a screenshot of that exact <laughs> exchange, um, where I said, Hey, you know, you want to do a podcast with me? And, and Taylor said something like, yes. Um, great and then i said okay do you know how what to do because i have no idea and i think he said something like oh i took a course in college or something like that and yeah. so i said okay you're the technical director and um and then you know then i thought okay so what do we need and you said you mentioned taylor like i think we need some microphones and a computer and so You know, I I, just to pause for a second and to say, where do ideas come from? I actually think that's a spiritual question. I don't, you know, I don't think the idea came from my brain. It's just um, an idea that I think it's time has come. And if it wasn't us producing a podcast, it would probably be a couple other people producing a podcast. But I was, um, you know, two weeks out from having this Santa Fe Walter School close. And I just, you know, wondering what to do with myself and I felt like I personally was in a moment of reception, you know, to an idea like this. Okay. So
2: you had to be open.
0: I had to be open to it.
2: Life circumstances created a...
0: Yeah. And it was kind of like, okay, why not? I have time to, you know, to do this. I think if I would have, if we would have been working, I would have been deep into wilderness trip planning and, and, you know, lesson planning. And it would have been like, oh, that would be cool if I ever did that one day. But, but this time it was kind of like, oh... This is an idea. who could I talk to to make this happen? And I have some time and some space, and um, yes, I'm sad, but I actually, right from the beginning wanted this podcast to be a celebration of Waldorf schools, not you know, not to be a place for complaining or something, but but really trying to build uh, an online or a, a virtual, I I don't know maybe just a community out that's a larger than than the Santa Fe school community right the, so I um yeah
1: almost like a chance to connect back to the wellspring
0: exactly right because yeah.
1: yeah I it's funny talking about just the timing and you know in the wake of a sudden you know school closure you know for I think Matthew, you were, a, you were in a position where you had a, a child, right? Yeah. An enrolled child, and so
0: heading to first grade. Heading
1: into first grade, and so it's this moment where, um, a lot of people I think kind of had to collapse within to figure out what's right for my family right now. Exactly. And I didn't quite have that same situation. My child is still young, almost two, and yet I still found a lot of people were coming to me with what now, what now, what now? And, and ideas and solutions. And do you want to do this? And, and I found myself so resistant to Mm -hmm. that. I just really didn't want to be rushed was the kind of the feeling that I felt of, of, okay, there's, there's this, this breath that's been unexpectedly plopped down in my life. And it's up to me to kind of shut up and listen. Right. Was the feeling that I had. And so then something like this that was really a an intellectual pursuit at the end of the day that could keep me connected to my professional work as a teacher, which was something I I really felt like I was just finding my stride. I was mm-hmm. coming into, you know, I think my sixth year mm-hmm. in the classroom and um and, and this is a way to in many ways ways keep that spark alive. And I think that when Matthew reached out to me, it was, I mean, first of all, I'm, I'm so curious, like, why did you pick me? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I'm very, I'm very honored, but, um, but it, even if we had, even if we hadn't connected with Andy and it was just the two of us with whatever microphones we, you know, found on Amazon that we'd ordered, you know, clunking our way through GarageBand, trying to put a podcast together, I, I think there was a part of me that was really excited about doing something unexpected. Yeah. And doing something creative. Yep. In service to cuz it really does feel like it's in service to Waldorf education. Yeah. And something that is such a huge part of of me when I when you kind of look inward and say what what makes up this thing.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, you mentioned this this um this gesture of celebrating, um, you know, or coming back to the wellspring of the deeper intentions behind the education. And I think that is, for me, um, it was a little bit of a light at the end of uh, a pretty dark tunnel of, of having the school close and, you know, trying to understand what my position was and why am I doing what I'm doing? You know, can I justify my low yearly salary, um, you know, after so many years. And, and I think there is real value in, in what Waldorf education is trying to bring to the children of today. And um, in the process, in the chaotic closing of the school, so many people, you know, it's a response to grief and trauma to, you know, there's people who just run away, there's people who want to fix things, you know. And so I also was fielding a lot of frenetic activity around what are you doing? What are you going to do next? I had job offers across the country and school was about to start in two, in two weeks at that point. And I, I also, as Taylor said, felt the need to kind of try something more meditative and slow down and recognize that it wasn't the right time to make a drastic change in my life. I mean, there probably will be change coming, but, but you know, just listening, calming down. And then I think in the effort to celebrate there's, that's when we can show gratitude. So I really wanted to show gratitude to all the lessons that I've learned and the people that I've worked with and, you know, to hear stories from around the movement. And, um, I mean, people are doing such amazing things. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like what, we're trying to do right now is just to build a vessel to hear some of those stories that would inspire families to consider Waldorf education and, or to look and is there a, a Waldorf school or a Steiner school in my community or my neighborhood? Or, um, you know, so, so often people would tell me as a, one of the leaders of the Santa Fe Waldorf school, well, you need better marketing or you, people don't know about this or, and, you know, that's another aspect of, you know, podcasting is a modern media form and people, you know, listen to it when they're driving to work or washing the dishes or whatever. And if there's a way that we can share some of these stories and hear that, you know, there's, there's Waldorf graduates who are scientists, who are musicians, who are teachers, who are software engineers, pilots, or, you know, whatever. Um, You know, it's, it's, I think it just benefits all of us to, and then for me personally, just to show gratitude and, 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 respect, you know, the deeper intentions behind, behind Waldorf education.
2: There's also finding the first break in a show, right? Where there's kind of a good spot where the music mm. might go. I'm going to mute this right here. And what's funny is, is here, here was a spot in the show behind Waldorf education.
1: I, I think I think also there's this piece about There was kind of a
2: you were you were adding something, there was kind of a misstep. And what I notice is is the music fits in just about right there. So now what I'm going to do is I'm gonna do what I call a slip edit. When I delete this audio, nothing's going to move. Mm. So now yeah. it sounds like this.
1: I think also there's this piece about Waldorf graduates that there are also some Waldorf graduates who are stay-at-home parents who occasionally when a season comes around are singing a Michaelmas song to their kid mm-hmm. as they're you know as they're baking or there are Waldorf alums who have you know jumped around from job to job and are still still haven't found that thing that sparks them but i do think that within each person who has received a waldorf education there is this spark of something and whether it comes out on a large stage in their professional career or whether it comes out in their interactions with other people or their appreciation and marveling at um at beauty Right when mm-hmm. they see a piece of artwork, or they
2: here's another uh Taylor edit. This is this is a shuffle edit where Taylor's going to give us some extra information.
1: You no, know, pick up the violin that's been gathering dust in the corner for years. I think that there is just there, there are these latent gifts that are. <laughs> I'm just laughing. We, I had a whole uh. A whole bet with my husband the other night about the definition of latent. So I'm, you know, I'm just using that word with a little, a little twinkle in my eye right now. Um,
2: what I've decided is actually, you know what? That would actually be a great place for a break. So instead of a <laughs> shuffle edit this time, I'm going to, no, actually, this is not at a break, but I want to continue Taylor's thoughts. So I'm going to do a shuffle edit. I'm going to take this section right up to here. I'm going to take a close look here at my edit here, make sure I've got it right where I want it. So now I'm going to delete it. And it's going to sound like this.
1: You know, pick up the violin that's been gathering dust in the corner for years. I think that there are these latent seeds that are planted that that are that are there. And you know, I um I just see, you know, I I walked in for those of you who don't know our studio is in Matthew's house and yeah. Um, Matthew has this great, almost like bonus room off of the, <laughs> off of his kitchen. And we have our studio set up here. And I walked in today a little early and, um, Matthew was needle felting <laughs> and he'd doing beautiful needle felting. And, you know, I knew Matthew was a Waldorf guy, but I did not know that he was a needle felter. Right. <laughs> and, um, and- it's
0: not all math and science around here. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I don't just sit at my desk doing quadratic equations for fun. Yes. Um, but you know these, uh, you know I I think especially around the holidays you see all of these artistic glimmers come out in um, you know making handmade cards or knitting things and um, it's yeah. just all it's just all there and I think that I I think that it is easy when you are you know, teaching and it is a job and you go to work every day and you get a paycheck that it can just become, it, it is, there, there is the, there's just a slog to it because it's, it's a job, it's yeah. work. Yeah. And yet th- having this opportunity to kind of step back from the work of it And really just marvel at what it is Mm -hmm. and to talk to other people who are either doing that work and everyone's doing it in such different ways. It's just it's a real gift. And I think that, you know, to have someone here with us like Andy, who, you know, has this whole skill set that is so incredibly valuable to help take our ideas and our conversations and make them accessible to the world and in addition to that, to just hear, Andy, to hear your, like, your just genuine support and enthusiasm for Waldorf education as a gift that you're giving to your son, it's, it's really, it's really beautiful. And I think for me, it's a good reminder of kind of, this is what it's all about, you know? Exactly. Okay, now here's me. Here, here's,
2: here's when you have a stuck guest. This is Andy Smith in his usual state of mind, right? Um, saying something, changing his mind, saying something again, changing his mind, right? And everyone's kind of being very patient and quiet at this point. What it's all about, you know? Exactly. Yes. So I came to Waldorf through my son's education, and it became very clear to me quickly that I had uh, placed him in a place that had very fertile ground, Um as we kind of touched on you know ideas don't come from nowhere you I'm don't just sit around, around and nothing's happening here. you know you do you usually, there's a challenge there's a conflict and you guys are very patient you know listen this is this is great i think yeah matthew's very tender mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> matthew is the most matthew is the most tender <laughs> kind of coming from the outside and witnessing that so you know, and, yeah, and it, so it's just uh, kind of helping the guest, kind of them okay. find their feet. You know,
1: I think what's so amazing to me, watching you do this, is how intuitive it is for you. You know, of of right, of just seeing someone who is really good at their craft. Right, it's very amazing to see.
0: So what what strikes me is that you've put. This program makes visual all of the, the sounds in time. So a pause in my speaking becomes a gap in your picture and, and so on. It's just fascinating how visual the whole thing is.
1: In our early conversations about what this was going to be, There was this appreciation of just the organic magic of conversation, right, and the spontaneity of conversation. And I think it's so wonderful that you've really managed to preserve that because, you know, it's this is very different from um, what's – I'm trying to think of the NPR podcast where they always have a topic and they're like, you know, collecting – Radio lab, right? Where they're collecting ambient audio from the place where they're walking through, right? It, this is so, this is such a different thing. This is conversations. And so I think that your, from my sense, is that your editing has really helped preserve that, you know, that element of the podcast.
2: Yeah. I very much have wanted to preserve uh, a handmade um, quality to the show and i i th- thank you for that I, th- I think we've succeeded in that um
1: yeah and you know i i so many people who are starting a podcast are doing so without access to someone like you i mean it's just an incredible thing that i'm so grateful for and you know to have this Part of the production of a podcast be in the hands of someone who truly knows what they're doing, right? Because that allows Matthew and I to think about what are we talking about? What questions are we asking, right? To really live into the material that we're making. And and then to be able to put it in your hands is so, it's such a gift.
0: I've always found that I don't always have the words on the tip of my tongue. And I don't know. I know at one point you had mentioned Andy that sometimes you, you, you take, you edit out conversations. If, if, you know, I start to ramble or whatever. And I, I guess what I found in re-listening to the episodes is I'm, I guess I'm always surprised at that. I actually am saying something that's you know, mostly Kojin. <laughs> okay. And I i guess my question is, is like, do you sit there and be like, oh my God, like, w- will you get to the point please, Matthew, you know, and, and how much editing do, does, do you actually do in, in an episode and how much is it, you know, I mean, I imagine that there's an, an artistic element there. It's not just, you know, filling in the gaps and making sure the the music is in the right spot, but that you're, It strikes me, I guess, maybe to say that you might actually be listening really deeply to what I'm trying to say, and then you might make some changes that actually make it, you know, make me sound better than I am. I'm imagining that, and maybe you actually don't do anything. I have no idea.
2: Well, here, I'll I'll give you this much. So, I mean, and part of this is experience as well. Um, The two big parts are the beginning and the ending. You know, that's usually the first thing I look for. Where's the obvious beginning? Where's the obvious ending? The first five minutes, really, when the listener is really queuing in, I tend to be a little more aggressive on fixing, um, uh, kind of getting on the point. But back to Matthew's point, like, geez, it seems like you're, you know, you know what I'm trying to say and you make sure that my point does come across. I think we all have a, 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 a vision of the show that, um, helps give us a strong picture in our minds of what you know we want the show to be and that that helps um Mm -hmm. i've worked with people where it's not that clear and that can be a nightmare you know
1: yeah i can only imagine i can only imagine yeah yeah because it is you know it is such an interesting thing to go through that you are you know Matthew and I have this experience. We do this thing. We are in many ways in control of that experience. And then we take the product of that and we hand it to someone else. Right. Right. And that like there has, you know, that, that there is trust and there is understanding and there is conversation about what happens in that time and appreciation, because that is a skill right now that Matthew and I cannot do. Right. And so you're so necessary to the process. Right. And. I think that is um that's a really like there's something almost profoundly intimate about that exchange.
2: I went through my teacher training program with the Esteem Center for Anthroposophy, like my two colleagues here. Yep. Yeah, and we, um,
1: we overlapped, sort of.
2: Yes, we did. And, and Taylor, actually, she got to see some of the worst teaching in all of oh, humanity. Oh,
1: gosh, <laughs> that's not it true. Was, it, was,
2: it, was, it was pretty bad. But again, my teacher training really did inform um, my work as a communicator
0: hmm. in a big way. And we did a projective geometry class together
2: yes well we studied projective geometry with jamie york and yeah then we then i I watched you teach a class and it's just a projective geometry is just a fascinating thing i think that's definitely a big candidate for a video podcast (laughs) get people to do some projective geometry drawing
0: nice
1: yeah i think you know you're talking about like we've been talking about kind of the wellspring and this sharing of ideas and where do ideas come from and i think that for for me personally, going to teacher training and meeting these other individuals who are out there in other places trying to do this work was the most inspired and excited that I've ever been. Mm-hmm. And as someone who, you know, I loved my Waldorf education. I loved school. And then I went to college and felt a little bit disappointed by it was a combination of being a little bit disappointed in what i was receiving and and also simultaneously being disappointed in my own response to what i was receiving mm-hmm. as far as i'm just not that excited i'm just not that this this isn't pulling out my hunger to learn was what i felt as a college student and and i went in right as an 18 year old and um but at teacher training i was on fire to learn i did every required reading i loved doing my research project it was like oh this is what it feels like when you are confronted with you know a problem or a topic that you are genuinely excited about learning especially when it relates to your work in a way where you know that you will be able to draw on this like mm-hmm. for me my my experience in teacher training became this this wellspring For me, that I drew on all the time, I would reach out to colleagues at other schools and say, hey, what did you do for this block? And it was amazing how people would share materials. And even if there are people like you, Andy, who went into the training and maybe came out of it saying, okay, I don't think my destiny is to stand in front of a classroom of 15-year-olds and teach them, every single perspective and every single human being that was in that room with me for my training ended up in some way impacting, you know, my teaching work. And, you know, I think about this, and it feels a little bit like that, doing this podcast, right? Of you're hearing these people's stories and it's it's igniting all these little fires, mm-hmm. you know, as far as... Um, but I, I remember, you know, sort of meeting you at the school and then seeing you at teacher training, and I was really inspired by the fact that you were a parent who was like, there's something about this thing mm. that's speaking to me and I'm going to see it through. And I just remember, you you know, having a lot of admiration for you for, for doing that. Because I I mean, like, I, I think, you know, oh, okay, I'm, I, I think about the areas in my life where I've been a little bit inspired. And then I think about throwing myself into a training that I know, you know, in many ways, not very much about. I, I would, be pretty nervous. And I just, I don't know, I was always very impressed by you. Well,
2: thanks. Mm-hmm. I, I, I had no idea. <laughs> <laughs> but just to touch on that, too, what one of the things that really informed me about my job as a communicator was uh, in Paul Gearlock's class. Mm-hmm. And we were working on form drawing, Mm. And there's this exercise where you are asked to draw something on the back of your on your partner's back. Oh yeah. And their job is to recreate it. Mm-hmm. And you know, if you give this to a bunch of teenagers, they're just going to do a bunch of wild stuff and try to confuse you. But right the point of the drill is like what 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 I took from it is like you know what it's really hard to communicate something.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: Even if it's a very simple thing. Can I if I drew this very simple pat? You know, my my goal was can I get my partner to actually draw what I wanted them to draw? Mm-hmm. Not could yeah. I confuse them? You know, and yeah. this idea that to communicate something you need to be very thoughtful.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Nice.
1: We had great teachers. Nice. Yeah. Fantastic
2: I did teachers. Yeah. Which hopefully you will hear on this show. And again, this, there have been some great relationships that um, come out of doing these sorts of things. And I I just, before we shift and start talking about the goals of the show, um, we have a Patreon account, right?
1: Yeah, so, you know, just to go back a little bit, I think that the first question in my mind was, can we even publish an episode, right? That was kind <laughs> of...
0: <laughs> that, of any quality. How that, do we do this at right? At the beginning
1: that felt like an extremely lofty goal. And once we did that, now we've you know we're coming up we have seven episodes out at the time that we're recording this. We have passed eight hundred um downloads or, or listens. That's yeah. kind of how our um our analytics phrase it is downloads. But I think it, it's more accurate to say maybe over eight hundred listens.
0: Yes, we well we have listeners in thirty-eight United States of the United. (laughs) And we have, uh, listeners in 19 countries. So we're getting, we're hopefully going to hit every state of the union and as, as many, you know, listeners around the world as possible.
1: And I think that already feels beyond what I could have imagined. Honestly, I think I had very, um, very conservative expectations for what, um, what this could be, but it's been really inspiring to see that people are listening and, um, and
0: laughing about, you know, and, 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 and getting some enjoyment from yes. it. Right? Yeah.
2: Touch a little bit on the, on the, the social media aspect of our, our most recent, um, growth in the show.
1: Yeah. So we, um, out of, out of the three of us, um, I am the youngest and predictably, uh, the most plugged into social media.
0: <laughs> That's a little bit by choice,
2: but yes. uh, I, uh, Facebook is the AOL of Matthews and my generation.
1: <laughs> well, Facebook is like what old people use yeah, now. Yeah, exactly. So. <laughs> High five.
0: Which, which I've chosen not to really use. So, <laughs> yeah, I'm not on Facebook.
1: But to be fair, I'm I'm on uh, I'm on Facebook too. And um, but we've you know. We decided, and and as someone who was, you know, a Waldorf alum myself, seeing more and more Waldorf schools turn to, you know, online marketing, having an internet presence, Um, being at the Santa Fe school, I um, one summer even did like a Instagram takeover where I shared pictures and stories from what I was doing in teacher training one summer. So I knew that the Waldorf movement was in many ways connecting online. And so... um, Right from the start, I made a, a um, Instagram page for Hard Beeswax. And Make sure you check it out, right? Yeah, check it out. It's at Hard Beeswax on Instagram. If you look it up, you'll find it. And, um, and then also a Facebook page. And just kind of started sharing outward um, with social media. There's, you know, utilizing hashtags as a search mechanism to try and capture or reach a particular audience, right? In addition to following individuals on social media, you can follow a hashtag, so you can...
2: Hashtag vegan cat.
1: Yes, sure. And then you'll find all the vegan cats out there.
2: It's not a good thread.
1: Thank you. I... (laughs) Don't follow hashtag vegan cat. But at any rate, um, you know, I kind of went through and was, you know, hashtag Waldorf, hashtag Waldorf education, hashtag Waldorf alums. And I knew that Osna, the... um, The North uh, American
0: Association of Waldorf Schools of North America.
1: That one. Osna had a page for where they kind of featured alumni and networked with alumni. And um, just a few days ago, uh, the Osna Waldorf alums page kind of featured or reposted information about hard beeswax. And First of all, it was really exciting to see the uptick in listens on that day. Absolutely. I know we were, you know, very, very grateful. Yeah, there was a lot of
2: text chatter, like, "Hey, oh my god!" <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah,
1: it's exciting to to see it reaching a larger audience beyond just kind of my my personal network and and our personal network. Yep, yep. And then there was this. Um, uh, I got a message on the Hard Beeswax page from uh, someone named Jake Metrick and. Uh, Jake said, hey, uh, someone from my class, you know, I'd I'd gone to Green Meadow, and someone from my class reached out and said that someone on your podcast had had my dad, John Metrick, as their class teacher, and I wanted to let you know that um, I talked to him, and he'd love to speak with you guys, and this is this beautiful full circle moment that comes back to Matthew in that very first episode.
0: Yeah. So my class teacher, you may remember if you listen to that episode, go back and listen to episode two, Matthew's story. Yeah. So my class teacher, uh, was my, was my dream, you know, guest to have on the show because I had lost contact with him. And, um, so it's really, I'm really excited to announce that, um, I've, made contact with my class teacher and he's going to be a guest on our show coming up soon. And, um, there's a reason why I lost contact with him. He, my teacher ended up in China, living in China for the last 21 years. So yeah, yeah, that's where he's been. And he just got back to the United States a week ago. Um, and, uh, so yeah, so pretty much the first opportunity I had, we've, we've our the Waldorf network has, um, Delivered my dream, my dream guest already after just a month of that's great. Uh, on the, on and the hopefully air. in a couple more months we'll have some of Taylor's dream guests, <laughs> Waldorf alum who are.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah, come on, Waldorf Network, please come through on the uh, very, very highly paid NHL uh, hockey star. Which school did he go to? Nick Suzuki. Uh, I think he might have gone to
2: Toronto. I
1: think Toronto. Toronto. Yeah,
2: we'll Toronto. What a bunch of.
1: Yeah. <laughs> we'll get there. We'll get there. You know, got to dream big. Yeah, but I think, you know, it, it um, you know, even just kind of watching from the outside this connection with Matthew's teacher, it's incredibly beautiful. And um, I i know, uh, you know, we, we are in our recording about maybe even two months ahead yep. of, you know, the one episode a week being published. And already we've talked to some people who really are... The who are working in this movement in a way that their work reverberates, right? That they have, we're getting the chance to pe- to speak with people who are some of the ones teaching the teachers of today, and um, it's really it's really inspiring. Not only to just get to talk with them and get to share space and time with them, but also to hear kind of the where they come from. Hear their stories and um it's it's been super, super amazing to be a part of it.
2: Yeah. Sorry, I just can't keep my hands off Matthew's Lyra. I just had to, <laughs> just had to play it there for a minute.
1: Yeah, I will note that um the uh, the millennial is the one who has their uh their notifications silenced. So uh you two better, you know, get yep. it together. If you need me to teach you how to navigate your phone. Uh, I'll, I'll
2: be happy to do so. Uh, no, see, I've got my Do Not Disturb on my watch, so I, sh- I should be good. So- <laughs> no, no, that's me. That's me. <laughs> so, yeah, so, you know, going backwards, we have listeners from Ireland, Malaysia, Turkey, Taiwan, Germany, the Netherlands, Norway, United Kingdom, Japan, Nepal, Spain, Denmark, Grenada, South Korea, Portugal, Australia, Mexico, Canada, and the United States. Most of our listeners in the States are from New Mexico. Really? Yes.
0: That's the highest percentage. Yes.
2: Next is Texas, Arizona, Colorado, California, New York, Pennsylvania, New Jersey, Oregon, Washington, Illinois, Massachusetts, Missouri, Hawaii, Utah, Ohio, Kentucky, Minnesota, Georgia, Louisiana, Florida, Virginia, North Carolina, Connecticut, Alaska, Alabama, Rhode Island, Oklahoma, Nevada, Maryland, Wisconsin, Vermont, New Hampshire, Montana, Maine, Kansas, Iowa, and, of course, Delaware.
1: The way that human networking works is so incredible that it starts within our immediate circle, right? Friends, family, colleagues who knew us here in New Mexico. Then we go to Texas, which is where I was in school, and a lot of my online community are people in Texas. And then you go out from there, and you know the the hope is that word of our um, word of our podcast will continue to spread. And you know, on that note, we are you know we are hoping to find a way for this work to be. Um, to be financially sustainable for us as those who are involved in it. And especially for um, for Matthew and myself, who right now are still kind of sitting back and waiting for our next professional opportunity to present itself. And um, we have a couple of different ways we're trying to do that at the moment. One of them is we've uh, we have a Patreon, which is hard beeswax podcast. And, you know, Patreon is a place where People can offer financial support and um, to for our work, and we have you know some little perks that come with that financial support. There are monthly subscriptions available, and then there's also the possibility just to to donate if that's something that people are interested in doing. As far as individuals who are maybe interested in sponsorships, we are absolutely interested in collaborating with businesses, with schools, with financial institutions. And we're going to be doing, you know, kind of host read ads that we will read that will be a part of the episode, and um, and we'll, especially coming into the holiday season, it could be a great opportunity to reach an audience, you know, a very specific targeted audience of people who are largely involved in the Waldorf movement and maybe, you know, interested in buying, uh, you know, a particular subset of products than you know your average cross section of the, uh, of the human population of the world. So, um, you know, we're, we're, um, we're looking to be, um, to continue to do this work because I think that it's, um, you know, I, I, I just got a, a text from a classmate yesterday saying, Hey, I've been listening to the podcast and it's really awesome. And I, I'm learning all these things I didn't know. And hey, do you have a recommendation for a Steiner biography? And, you know, so I think that um, hopefully we can continue doing this work. And if anyone is interested in supporting us, every little every little bit counts. And especially if you have a business or you are a part of a school, um, we would love to, to work with you.
2: Absolutely. And we can have some merchandise coming too, some hard beeswax merchandise and maybe even an online store, which will, of course... Include, but not limited to Stockmar bees modeling beeswax. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, which we which we do play with in every episode. Thank you, Stockmar. And um, yeah, I think we our, our first merchandise is going to be some hard beeswax stickers with the lovely logo of I also do have to say <laughs> with our with our logo um, or our, our image when when this got started, I was like, well, we need to have an image. And we're like, well, do we do a drawing? And I was like, I have in my head this image of both of us dressed as gnomes in like this grainy black and white photograph standing on stumps. So Matthew and I, you know, traipsed over to the school and, you know, got the key to the costume closet and kind of rifled around. Then we went to the playground and, you know, the iPhone was propped up with a rock on the edge (laughs) of this big wooden boat and we're balancing on a balance beam and what it what it ended up being is just so kind of a perfectly awkward and uh, (laughs) and seems to you know just kind of uh capture the just kind of the the earnest silly spirit of what we're what we're trying to do so um it was uh that that was a kind of a fun (laughs) a fun field trip that we took in kind of preparation for building this
2: yeah yeah right on And we've got all the – got the website?
1: Yep. We've got a website, which is at um, hardbeeswax.transistor.fm. And on the website, there are links to all the different streaming platforms where you can listen. You are also – you can also then listen to episodes on the website itself. Um, We have pages with Matthew and I's biographies. And then at the very – there's a tab where you can – Get more information on supporting us, which ha- includes um, a link to our Patreon.
2: Did you know that you have listeners that listen to you on Deezer?
1: Yes. Well,
2: what Deezer is, is? I've never heard of Deezer.
1: Deezer is European.
0: Yeah, it's like okay. the European streaming platform. All right, yeah. all right. So we are on Deezer, folks. We're
1: on Deezer. Yeah, I. It, it was so funny when I first brought up. That this was happening, there was a young woman who was an exchange student who stayed with my my parents here in Santa Fe.
0: Who's the real daughter of the family, by the way?
1: <laughs> yeah, Clara, Clara uh, is is uh, undoubtedly a really really good daughter and and is uh, definitely upstaged me on a couple occasions. So uh, sorry, Angie and John Rubottom, that I'm not as, uh, not as as sweet as Clara is. She's really lovely, but. Clara, uh, when I mentioned it, she said, "Oh, are you streaming on Deezer? <laughs> what?" And then she been like, lo, "Yeah." Lo and behold, it was one of the streaming options. But um, yeah, just happy to be able to uh, to kind of through Andy's suggestion, be using this great um, this great platform that allows us to.
2: And if you have an idea for a great Waldorf podcast, maybe we could host you on Hard Wax Media.
1: Oh, it's true. We do kind of uh, have our platform set up to where we have kind of a production umbrella to where we can have, have multiple podcasts under that. Um, You know, we'll, we'll uh, maybe someday I'll start my like anthroposophical takes on the game of hockey. Maybe I'll start a podcast and maybe Matthew will start, you know, (laughs) like, I don't know. What would you talk about? Uh, Why not to go into day trading? (laughs) (laughs)
0: Yes. Yes. Day trading mistakes 101. Oh wow.
1: <laughs> that was I, re- I. remember that.
0: It's not actually a mistake. I've just become a long-term investor. Let's put it that way.
1: <laughs> we. I feel like all of us, when the you know when the pandemic hit, just we all took up these kind of external hobbies. You yeah. Know? Like. Yeah. Matthew started day trading. I started writing Harry Potter fan fiction. It was like all of us we were just kind of doing mm-hmm. our side hustles. Daisy was a ghost writer. Uh, Raquel took up. A musical instrument, yeah, and um who knows what Enrique was doing
0: uh, yeah this, <laughs> it, yeah
1: but uh but yeah, I think that um we uh we all kind of found found other ways to fill our cups during that time, and um yeah, Matthew was definitely on the, on a day trading kick,
0: yeah.
2: And I was just thinking, maybe what we should do uh, for your 52nd episode, right, maybe we should take that screenshot that Matthew took of your guys' first conversation turn it into an NFT. Oh, there (laughs) we go. Put it up on eBay for the highest bidder.
0: Okay.
1: Yeah. Yeah. The NFT thing.
2: So we got lots of good hard beeswax stuff coming your way. So stay tuned.
1: And for the, um, we have two tiers of Patreon supporters and for the, um, for our higher tier, uh, you will get a watercolor painting done by Matthew and myself together.
0: Watercolor painting or needle felt or needle felted
1: tapestry. It'll be one of one of two. Yeah. So, um, and let me tell you, Matthew is really good at needle felting. So it's <laughs> gonna be it's gonna be good.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm blushing.
1: Seriously, I was very impressed. You know, it's like every Waldorf kid can knit a square, right? But you know, not everyone remembers how to make socks.
2: Well, next time you hear my voice, we'll be ready to open up our Hard Beeswax um, merchandise page. Definitely. And that's probably when your listeners will hear from me next. So any goals that we didn't touch oh, on?
1: yeah.
0: So um, our goals for this podcast, I, uh, well, yeah, there's, I think, some big goals and then some maybe smaller or practical goals. I, I would like to... um reach as many people around the world as possible. And maybe part of that would be featuring a school in, in a different country, you know, every once in a while or something like that. And um, also
2: I'll tell any of your listeners who are listening to the show right now, just go ahead and click on that share button and just share it with three people.
0: Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, other goals that I have... Um, would, you know, revolve around, you know, forming a community. So how Taylor and I have talked about every week, you know, doing some kind of reading that we then discuss or, you know, just different ways or different practicing different exercises, Um, you know, like the the needle, the pin pin exercise, or, or, I mean, there's a whole bunch, just ways that we can incorporate what some of the lessons we learned in teacher training and then do it. On a regular basis, on the show,
1: I think i I also love the idea of um, doing a live recording of actually sitting on a stage at a Waldorf school or in a Waldorf community and um, interviewing someone from that community live. yes, for an audience. I think that would be.
0: Especially if we had to travel to, like, South Africa to do that. That would be super cool.
2: We could do a
1: tour.
0: Yeah. We could do a tour, you Yeah,
1: know? yeah. I mean, and, and, you know, I'm even thinking right now of, you know, Andy has, is kind of commuting now between Santa Fe and the, you know, central Colorado area, and I'm thinking, ooh, we could go up there, and, and you would already be up there, you know? It, like, I'm trying to think of it in more practical terms, but I know, um, and, and I think I have a dream for myself of, um, of doing something at the Austin Waldorf school where I was. And that performing arts center is such a beautiful space. And I would love someday to be sitting up on a stage there, speaking with someone in that community and, um, really getting to, um, to, you know, feel, feel a part of that, that, uh, that community that meant so much to me in my growing up.
2: Yeah, so any Waldorf event planners, you know, shoot us an email at hardbeeswax.gmail at gmail dot gmail. There I'm showing my <laughs> <laughs> Yeah.
1: Hardbeeswax at gmail.com. And uh, you can also reach us via message on Instagram or on Facebook where we're on, on there on as Hardbeeswax and um we just we really already we've had some people reach out to us who now we're going to interview so please you know send us a message send, us, send
0: us questions yeah send yes. us questions yeah.
1: in our um tales of the cosmic bathtub episodes we're going to continue to kind of you know look at seasonal themes bring in some of you know Steiner's anthroposophical
0: foundations
1: foundations that that in many ways serve as the backbone of Waldorf pedagogy and uh, it's also, those episodes will also be a time for us to address questions that come up from our listeners. So if you have questions, please, please reach out to us. We'd like to connect as much as possible.
0: Yeah. You guys having fun? Absolutely.
1: I'm having a great time.
0: Yeah, I I, I really want to um, focus on, you know, what what happens after after the recording and all the post production work so i'm okay, looking I'm, forward to I'm that i'm looking forward to showing you that yeah, yeah yeah
1: yeah and and one last thing i know that um i owe a huge um thank you and wave of gratitude to my family because you know this is time and this is time in the waking hours of the day when um you know my, uh, my parents who not only made it possible for me to have a Waldorf education at the beginning, but, um, who, uh, generously spend time with my son, Oren, so I can do this. And, uh, and my husband, John for, um, supporting and, and really hyping up and, and, uh, encouraging this, this work, which, um, you know, at this point, again, it's, it's a, it's a creative pursuit at this point. And, yeah. um,
0: and I would be remiss if I didn't give a shout out to my wife, Christine, and to my son, Oliver, who inspire me every day.
1: And a lot of times, Christine feeds me when I'm here. So thank you, Christine. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and shout out to my son, Nico, who's at the Tara Performing Arts Waldorf School in Boulder.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah, nice. Nice. This concludes another episode of Hard Beeswax. Thanks for listening.
1: For episodes and more, visit our website at hardbeeswax.transistor.fm. Find us on Facebook
0: and Instagram, or you can always email us at hardbeeswax at
1: Hard Beeswax would not be possible without the expertise and time of Andy Smith our producer and sound whisperer, who has been our hype man from the beginning.
0: And lastly, thanks to you, our listeners, for tuning in with us and sharing in the absolute magic brought by our guests. Your support means the world to us. You have our utmost gratitude.